Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out bluewirepods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum from Duke University. Round on the break for the Celtics. Goes around the world. Oh, the circus game in a Boston. Walker for three. Kemba Walker from downtown. Tatum drives down and throws it down. Wow. Rebound. Gordon Hayward for two. Gordon Hayward with a corner crash. No block. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online. My name is Tom Westrom, Celtics beat writer for MassLive.com. And as always, I am joined by Nicole Yang of the Boston Globe. Nicole, how are you doing? Well, Tom, I think I'm doing a little bit better than you are. That's not because I'm a Joe Biden or Donald Trump supporter, but I just know how <laughs> passionate Tom is about Bernie Sanders. It was a tough day uh, without getting into it too much. It, it was a... It was a tough day. Uh, I did a lot of campaigning for him. And, uh, you know, we, we move on from here. So, yeah, we can leave it there. <laughs> Keep fighting the good fight, Tom. All right. I will, I will do what I can. So we're going to get into a bunch of stuff today. Jason Tatum talked earlier this week. So we'll talk a little bit about <laughs> people's reaction to what he had to say. They're just, you know, people on, on the Internet are a wild bunch. We're going to talk a little bit about some of our favorite highlights of the year. We're going to use this podcast medium to talk about something that you need to see to experience. So uh, really good choice by us on that. But first, according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, the NBA is sort of zeroing in on this horse competition, which is probably going to be relatively garbage. But at the same time, as somebody who watched uh, our good pal Jay King of The Athletic puke a bunch of chicken nuggets into a bucket on a periscope, I will absolutely be watching this horse competition. Nicole, what do you think about this, uh, about this idea the NBA is trying to hawk? I mean, at this point, I feel bad knocking down any sort of ideas that they're close to producing because, I mean, at least they're trying, you know? Like, that's the same thing with the classic Celtics games. I know both of us aren't super into what's been on TV, but again, at least they're trying. Hopefully it's appealing to someone, and if it is, then that's great. I feel the same way. Like, I'm not going to tune in. I mean, well, I'll tune into horse. I'm like, right. I'm not, I'm not really tuning into any of these classic Celtics games. Like if there were like big games from like the past couple of years, I might, I'm just not that into these, you know, classic games that they're trying to, but, but again, like you said, I mean, they're trying, you know, they're, they're just trying to like put something out there that, that people can gather around and watch. And I respect that, you know, like it's, exactly. it's a tough time to pump out content, but we all need entertainment. Like we're, <laughs> we're learning that, you know what I mean? Like not yeah. even like, we, we all just need something to watch. And, and I, you know, I respect them for, for giving it a shot at least, but this horse tournament also is going to be kind of garbage, but I will watch every minute of it. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, of the people that uh, Woj tweeted out, I believe he said, Chris Paul, Trey Young, Zach Levine, I believe were the three that, that he tweeted out as potential uh, participants. I'm excited to see Trey Young. I think, I think yeah. he's probably got some stuff that he can do. Any of those three stand out to you as guys you'd want to watch? 
I mean, I love Chris Paul. I don't know how he would fare in a horse tournament per se, but I just love watching him play and I love his energy. Well, he's just so insanely skilled. Like, I bet there's some stuff he can do just because he's so skilled. Yeah. So can you, I know obviously the basics of horse, but (laughs) what we're going to talk about is which Celtic we would like to have in horse. And as I was thinking about this, so say Javante dunked, the next person would have to do literally that dunk, correct? Or I'll be curious to see what limitations they put on this because if it's okay. just dunking, Zach Levine is just going to win right. going away. I kind of think they're not going to let allow dunks because like, okay. yeah, I mean, Zach, he, he can just jump from the free throw line, you know, five straight times, dunk it every time. And Trey Young will be like, well, what am I supposed to do, man? Like I can't, <laughs> you know, like, so, cause I had the same thought um, when we were talking about picking a Celtic where, I was like, oh, Javante, clearly, because he can do dunks that everybody had. And then I thought of two things. One, Javante loves to screw around. So I think he would probably, like, go for the hardest dunk possible and then miss, like, a bunch of times. (laughs) And then um, then two, I also just don't think they're going to allow dunks, period. So I think for our purposes, as we're picking a Celtic that we would want in this competition, I think put dunks out, like, throw that out the window. Okay. Um, Because I just don't think that's going to happen. So. So yeah, I mean, do you want to get into it? Like who, uh, yeah. why don't we do this? Let's pick, um, let's each pick three Celtics that we would want as like our horse squad. So you can have first pick, and I'll, I'll take second and we will go from there. So who would be your first pick in a horse draft? Oh boy, Jason Tatum. All right, so you pick Tatum. I'll take Marcus Smart. Carson Edwards. Ooh, I like that pick. That's a good pick. I'll take, uh, I'll take Kemba. Hmm. And then last, I'll go with Tremont Waters. I'll take Gordon Hayward. He's a, he's a pretty skilled guy. So for me, most of my picks, most of my three picks, <laughs> my three picks were just like guys who are very skilled. Like I think Kemba Walker can probably do some stuff. You know, I think he's, he's got so much to his game that I, I could see him being really good. Same with Hayward, you know, to a slightly lesser extent. But I mean, he's, again, a very skilled guy and smart. I just know he's got a lot of weird little shots in his repertoire. He would have been my number one pick overall. We've seen him chuck those three pointers over his head from the corner um, and just cash him in. Like all it takes is a couple of rounds. Um, if, in fact, if I were the Celtics, he would have been my guy that I sent to the horse competition if I could yeah because he always like messes around during practice too like he'll do a 360 as he's like shooting a three he's very into a lot of them I seem to be like into soccer he'll like dribble it on his foot and then start yep. heading the ball and trying to get it into the hoop he's, he's also takes he was, like shots from the logo yeah <laughs> he seems like an insanely good football player too like his hands yeah. are obscenely good but yeah, yeah that's a good pick I, I just I think he's got a bunch of like random skills that I think would serve him well my thinking with picking Tatum first was just that I've seen him win so many shooting contests that I just assumed like his accuracy and his range, like he's just a very consistent pick there. So I thought maybe he would have a little bit of luck. With Carson, I thought maybe he would just start launching like 30 footers or 35 footers and then I other guys great pick. couldn't yeah. compete with that. But I think if I had to pick a winner, even though I literally had first pick in the draft, <laughs> I think smart is the, the pick here. I think so too. I also think that my uh, my three-on-three team would probably win, for the record. Yeah, I mean, for sure. <laughs> I love my team, but... No for way. sure. Um, I'll, be, I'll be interested to see how this goes. I, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, they had a horse competition in the All-Star game, and it did not go very well. Like, I don't even remember how the actual shots themselves worked, but it just ended with... 
I think it was Kevin Durant and Rondo just hooking up three pointers. Like they, they just um, like did like a tie break and it was just like they stood at the top of the key and, and shot threes. And I was like, all right. <laughs> like predictably, Kevin Durant won that, although Rondo held his own more than you would have thought. But it just wasn't a super good competition. But to the NBA's credit, it's it's a pretty creative league. I think they will look at that kind of failure and have a, a better idea of how to do things. So I'll be interested to see how it goes. Is there something you would like to see the NBA try right now? I ask this question not having an answer myself, but is there anything that you think might work well? I mean, honestly, not really. Like, horse is the only game that sort of lends itself to this. Especially like, when you consider they have to remain isolated, obviously. And ex- exactly. And they need a hoop, yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the only, like, thing that I can think of that, that would be kind of fun would just be, like, I mean, have you ever watched those guys that are on YouTube that, I mean, they were a big deal, like, eight years ago, like, Dude Perfect? No. Um, so, I mean, they were guys who did, like, these absurd trick shots where they would be throwing stuff from, like, I think at one point they they like put a hoop at the bottom of a dam and they like dropped the <laughs> ball like down the dam and like you know it like you know would travel for you know however many yards and 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 uh you know they were trying to get it in the hoop. So I mean it, you know it'd be it'd be funny to see NBA players maybe not that shot specifically but it'd be funny to see NBA players like trying to get creative and come up with their own shot that way but like even that I mean you'd have to get them to string together so many of those shots for it to be compelling television they would have to right. make, it's kind of an unsolvable question i mean horse really is it's it's not a perfect solution but i i think it really is the only competition that works here all right so let's get into jason tatum here he gave us some updates he talked a little bit about the uh, contribution that he is making to help with coronavirus relief in uh, Boston and St. Louis. Nicole, what were some of your takeaways from the, you know, 10, 10 or so minutes we had with Tatum earlier this week? Obviously, you hate to criticize people when they are doing good deeds, but I did see Danger Cart, Ryan Bernagoni sort of explain his frustration with the rollout in that he didn't make it very clear if he was matching donations yeah. or if he was donating $250,000 yeah, yep. outright. But I mean, no, good for Tatum for stepping up. Obviously good for him for giving back to both Boston and St. Louis. Doesn't sound like he's up to much else. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed when he said that a basketball hoop is a little too expensive. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What were your thoughts on it? Yeah, no, I, I agreed with Ryan too, that it, it was a little unclear, um, which was a little unfortunate. I wish, um, but I will say, um, and I, I know that my my partner on the beat at Mass Live, John Corrales, tweeted out a link and offered to do some matching as well. Uh, it, it, it was good to see that. I, I think that people should be aware that they can go donate. Um, you can follow the link in, in Tatum's Instagram, just in case you, uh, you know, you want to pitch in a few dollars. I know money's tight for a lot of people right now, but if you can pitch in a little bit, it's, it's definitely a good cause. You know, I think that we're seeing all over the country that one of the big problems is food banks. A lot more people need food right now, so they're running out. And, you know, I, I think it's really good that Tatum chose a cause like that. So I, I hope if he is matching other people's donations, not Beal's donation, which is how I initially took the Instagram, I, I honestly couldn't tell either. But either way, it's, it's a good place to, to throw a little money. So I also thought <clears throat> I saw there was there was a lot of pushback uh, for Tatum on Twitter because he doesn't have a hoop at his house. It wasn't necessarily from people that I often interact with, which makes me think that it might have been a little bit more casual uh, fans sort of pushing back on this. And I just wanted to touch on that briefly and say, like, 
these guys have no use for a basketball hoop at their house. Like they have the gleaming hour back practice facility. They can go there 24 hours a day. They can lift weights. They can do cardio. They can get shots up. They can, you know, take an ice bath. Like they can do, they can get their showers there. Like they literally like <laughs> short of beds, that place has everything that you could need. And the idea that because Tatum doesn't have a basketball hoop at wherever he lives, um, I know he's like, he's rich and he's about to be very, very rich after, you know, this summer, but it was just, it was funny to me that people like cared that deeply about it. Even take that game where he went one for 18 as an example. And that night he wanted to get shots up. He went to the Auerbach center, right? Which is like a regulation NBA basketball court with indoors and yeah. has lights, plenty of basketballs. Like you said, there's just no need for them to have an outdoor hoop. Yeah. I don't get why. I mean, maybe it's surprising, but when you actually think about it, it really doesn't make sense. I think, again, we've talked about this before. I think the general public doesn't necessarily understand that these guys don't all have giant basketball courts in their house. A lot of them live in apartments. I mean, think about Boston. Like, how easy is it to buy a place in Boston that has enough space for you to have an outdoor court, let alone an indoor court? Like, that, that's a huge undertaking. And it's, and it's such a non-essential thing when under any normal circumstance you could just bring your key card to the hour back center beep yourself in and you're and, and you've got everything you could need so i mean i thought that was kind of funny uh that, especially that there was that much pushback. tatum and is he, only this is his only third year yeah like i feel like <laughs> it would be insane if you're like yeah i'm building a basketball court like yeah dude. yeah yeah <laughs> right like okay try hard yeah exactly <laughs> like you don't know if you're gonna be here for your i mean yeah Tatum, it seems like a good chance, but you don't know if you're going to be here your whole career and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't until it wasn't until like this summer when it became clear that Anthony Davis was going to the Lakers that it seemed like right. Tatum was going to be around. It didn't seem like I don't think he thought that he was going to be around. Like, I think there was I think that was the impetus for a lot of his quotes that were like, I would trade me for Anthony Davis. Like, I don't think that he necessarily thought he was going to be here. The other thing that, that, that was kind of funny about it is I, I was looking in the CBA and one of the things that the CBA makes very clear is that a player's contract can be voided if he injures himself doing something that could, that could have reasonably been predicted that you might injure yourself. And like the CBA includes stuff like bungee jumping or like, you know, like crazy Dennis things. Cantor's wrestling. <laughs> yes like that it actually though yeah no for real yes but also I mean if you think about it like let's say Jason Tatum has a garage and that he was going to like go hang something up in his over his garage with like a ladder if he falls off that ladder and he hurts himself like the Celtics could make the case that he like reasonably could have thought that that was possible and they could void his contract. Like it just isn't even worth <laughs> I mean, that would be the wild. risk. It would, but I'm just saying that it's like, it's yeah. not even worth the risk under any circumstance. So anyway, we've, uh, the point <laughs> is like, don't get on Jason Tatum too much for not having a hoop. He's far from the only <laughs> NBA player who is unable to get up shots right now. And it seems like he has a good little setup with like his Peloton and weights and like he's been working out and Drew obviously was already prepared with an app with yeah. good workouts <laughs> that Tom has also looked into. So I'm really sure there's <laughs> plenty of ball handling that he can a, uh, an un uh, An unrequested, a completely spontaneous uh, plug for Drew Hanlon's uh, basketball app. It's pretty cool. Like if you go in there, you can like design little basketball workouts for yourself. So if you're trying to work on your handle, uh, during this uh, coronavirus outbreak, you could go in your basement and uh, knock out some of that stuff. So another thing people seem to be mad about on Twitter, which there's plenty of things that could follow, but another thing people seem to be mad about was that Tatum was cheering for Kobe in the 2010 finals when the Celtics and Lakers faced off again. 
And like, that's just so stupid. There's just no other way of putting it. Like, I'm not even going to sugarcoat that. Like, that's just so dumb. He had no idea he was going to be on the Celtics. Kobe was his favorite player. Like, what do you expect? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I thoroughly agree with you. I think that where a lot of people, and I mean, we do this too, because we're right now saying like a lot of people on Twitter say, um, everybody's way too online these days. Like there's literally nothing yeah. to do except just be online. So I think for a lot of Celtics fans, the thing that made them the most angry was that now they were going to have to hear Lakers fans being like, oh, future Lakers, he's coming to the Lakers, Jason Tatum 2026 or whatever it might be. And so they were, you know, they were just kind of like, seriously, dude, Seriously, like now we have to deal with this. Thanks a lot for that. But I mean, I think anybody who gives this more than like two seconds thought would have to just be like, yeah, I mean, of course, like, you know, he grew up, Kobe Bryant was his favorite player, the guy he modeled everything he did after. And I mean, especially for him right now, like, I mean, it's, it's really easy to forget because it's, I mean, a million things have happened since then. But I mean, Kobe died three months ago. Like this is a very fresh thing still. Um, even even if it doesn't feel like it, because again, we're all way too online and a million things happen every day, but Tatum watched that entire game. And I'm sure for him, I I would bet for him, it was kind of a nice moment to get a chance to to sit down and watch a guy that he admired, kind of remember what it felt like to watch him at like, you know, not the peak of Kobe's powers, but when he was, you know, winning championships, when he was like the, the guy that Tatum remembered. So yeah, yeah. You can't fault the guy. Like if if you're, if you, again, if you give it more than a second's thought, you can't be mad at Tatum about this. Right. And we want guys to open up and share these thoughts. We don't want people to not share these things because they're worried their allegiances and stuff. Like people got mad at Tatum when he was cheering for the St. Louis blues during the Stanley cup. And it's like, he fucking grew up in St. Louis, excuse my language, and is obsessed with his hometown. Like it just, no, I mean, it's, it is like you do have to remember that with these players. And I think I think most people do. I think usually what it is is there's like five or six people, again, online that say something dumb and then make it sound like everybody is saying this thing as opposed to like eh, a few right. dummies are saying this thing. So if you're not one of those dummies, shout out to you. If you are, uh, shut up. I do have to give Tatum a shout out for his dedication and just watching his own tape. So I'm glad he diversified. You see, he was literally watching like Duke practice tape the other day. I did see that. Yes. (laughs) Which is awesome. Like that was really cool to sort of hear him narrate jokingly like his tape, but it's like, that's how deep he is right now in the archive. I would watch players breaking themselves down. Like, yeah. If if there's like a player out there who's on like a minimum deal and needs to make some money during this, they, <laughs> should, they should start a Patreon and be like, all right, for ten bucks you can uh, hop on and listen to me uh, break down my own game film. And I would absolutely watch. People that. would one thousand percent subscribe. Yeah, for sure. So free idea to all of the players who are listening <laughs> to the Geno Time podcast. Um, so we're gonna take a short break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about the five plays that we think are the biggest plays of the Celtics season. So we'll be right back. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on you can still bet on survivor big brother american idol stock prices and even the nathan's hot dog eating contest all open 24 hours a day and all online use promo code blue wire to join today and receive your new welcome bonus 
Bet online, your online wagering solution. So again, we're going to try to do something that is perfect for the podcast format, which is talk about individual uh, video clips that I have <laughs> farmed out and sent to Nicole here. Um, I, I really do think that most of these are memorable enough that people will remember them. And if not, have some fun. Go check them out. I, when I was going through these, it was just fun to watch some hoops again, even if it was just highlights from this year. So let's let's get into it here. Um, my five favorite plays of the of the Celtics season, or at least my I, the five that I think are like the best slash most impactful. The way I kind of decided it was like a completely arbitrary. This was a play that mattered. This was a play that was cool in the moment. That type of thing. Um, you know, you guys can agree, disagree with me, whatever. You can tweet at me, uh, yell at me. So we'll go five, four, three, two, one here. Uh, Nicole, what do you have as your number five on here? I have smart blocking Jared Allen in the Celtics Nets game. Yep. On March 3rd. That was what I had too. That was such. Ah, so we agree. So we agree on number five, which is that Marcus Smart's best defensive player of the the year is probably number five (laughs) on this list. It was such an insane play. Like really one of Smart's best defensive highlights that I've ever seen. That whole game was hilarious. The Celtics, I guess hilarious, maybe not to the Celtics, but the Celtics gave up 51 points in the fourth quarter and then lost in overtime to the Nets. And somehow 75 of those 51 points were scored by Karis LeVert, if I remember correctly. (laughs) This came in the first quarter, like midway through the first quarter, and the score was 14-19. So it was before everything went down, so it was a very happy moment. Everyone was going crazy. Yeah, yeah. So Jared Allen goes up with for a two-handed dunk that I mean under literally any other normal circumstance there's no one around who could challenge that shot that like that you would think would even challenge that shot and then just out of nowhere here comes Smart and it's it's a completely clean block like he hits all ball his hand goes through Jared Allen's two hands like could not have been more clean I I, I mean nobody else no other guard that I can think of tries to make that play and then as Smart uh, runs away from the play, he uh, does the uh, Dikembe Matambo finger oh, wag, right. which was a nice touch as well. And their listed heights, Smart is 6'3", and Jared Allen is 6'11". Yeah. So, so yeah. Quite a difference um, there. <laughs> so as you're bil- building Marcus Smart's uh, Defensive Player of the Year case, I think that's the highlight that you start with. I don't think that he wins it, but, you know, there's a, uh, there's a nice starting point of him swatting the absolute crap out of Jared Allen and it's just such a clean block like he just gets the ball yeah it's that's what makes it I mean yeah. it's like yeah like there's you know there's nice chase downs and stuff where it's like oh wow that was crazy and then you can kind of see like well the guy you know it probably wasn't a foul but it was make, maybe more borderline than it looked in the moment you know the guy got his arm or something like that like none of that just right like Jared Allen was still anything. able to like grab the rim and like yeah. complete the dunk <laughs> yeah just no ball involved. Right, yeah. exactly. So what do you have for number four? Okay, number four, I have Tatum's game winner against the Knicks back in November. That is not what I had for number four, that, but that, oh, was a, uh, that, that, was, that was a heck of a play. So, yeah, take us through that one a little bit, what happened there. So the reason why I put it number four was, one, it was kind of earlier in the season, but this was his first career ever game winner, which is pretty cool, but it did come against the Knicks. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't care, but... It wasn't like high stakes or anything, um, just like a regular season game. 
Smart inbounds the ball. He who's defending him? Oh, RJ Barrett. Yep. And he with 1.3 seconds on the clock, he makes a mid-range jumper. It was it was a very quintessential Tatum play. It was sort of that like sweep through sidestep move. One of the reasons I had it a little bit higher was because Tatum and, and RJ Barrett both work out with Hamlin. And uh it was kind of a, it was kind of a, a big moment for for Tatum just because like it was you know it was something where everybody was able to you know get in the group chat after and be like oh like Tatum cooked him and stuff but (laughs) um which was one of the things that Hanlon told me when I was talking to him earlier this year about a Tatum story was just like that was a play that that everybody really uh really hammered him for I liked that play too because Marcus Morris uh afterward was just kind of like yeah like it's not that much you can do like Tatum is just that good and I think that there were a lot of moments like that this year where and then this being one of them where people started to get to the point where it wasn't like, Oh, there was more we should have done. There was something else we should have done. Blah, blah. It was just like, Tatum's just that good. Like this is, this is who he is now. He's a guy who, when you need a bucket at the end of the game, you go to him. And I, I thought that was, I thought that was notable. Like the Celtics at the end of games, they always run an action that involves a lot of guys. Cause they don't want it to just get bogged down in, in one, you know, potential um, one potential scoring opportunity. But in this case, it did end up going to Tatum, and I think that as the year went on, it became increasingly clear that that's a great guy to have in your hands. Yeah, the amount of praise that Tatum has gotten from opposing teams has been very noticeable. Yeah. Like, not just like, oh, yeah, he's like, it's been very clear from players, coaches, that they're all, like, recognizing his ascension. For sure. For sure. So my number four was actually uh, Jason Tatum crossing over Paul George and hitting a three at the buzz, uh, uh, very late in the uh, in the fourth quarter. Against I had that as two Los Angeles Clippers. So the reason I had that at number four was because the Celtics ended up losing that game. So it was an incredible play. Like honestly, one of the most impressive plays of the season. Um, Paul George, you know, all defense, first team quality defender um and actually somebody that jason tatum really looks up to that's why um, i put it as number two because i feel I, like that I moment just that. meant yeah, yeah. so much to him i think it did yeah um and I, that I guess, game was incredible even yeah. though they lost but yeah it was i mean so if we're talking about if we were just talking about like moments impactful moments for jason tatum i might make that number one even above the game winner which i have above it but just like because this is an all-encompassing celtics you know top five for me, it was like the, the game that Tatum won was more impactful than the game that he almost won but didn't quite. Even though that play was incredible, and quite frankly, it was a better play than, the, than probably the, uh, the game winner, it just wasn't necessarily as impactful to the Celtics. I mean, it's pretty cool, Tom. <laughs> it's a heck of a play. And it tied the game at 97 with 13.1 seconds remaining in L.A. And it was a yeah. great. Like, that's... I mean, Paul George probably tripped a little bit, but he well, really, yeah, really I, I agree with that. No, but like, but but he really did. Like, he completely fell. It's like it's the type of like guy falling on a crossover that is a highlight in every highlight reel. Like, it's right. like a really crazy play to to accomplish against an all defensive guy. Like, I on my list between three and four, I don't really have like a preference between the two. I just kind of think that that uh, yeah. I, I, if, if I'm the Celtics, I would rather have the game that I won as opposed to the game that I ended up losing. So you, what did you have as your number three? I had Tatum's dunk on Al Horford. Okay. During the Celtics Sixers game in February. Crazy play. Like Tatum is being guarded by Ben Simmons, who 
not a slouch, like a really, really good defender, puts it between his legs, gets right by Simmons, goes down, Al Horford comes over to contest and just gets absolutely smashed. Like, one and done, <laughs> you know, Tatum, like, <laughs> he hits Horford so hard that he kind of spins around on the yeah. rim. Like, it's, uh, it's really a crazy play. So, and again, that was a game the Celtics ended up winning. So, yeah. to me, that's, you know, that's a pretty huge moment. Like, the Celtics won the game. I kind of think as the year went on, Celtics fans may have soured on Horford a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, I think initially when he left, everybody wanted to be like, oh, you know, thank Al for everything that he did while he was here. You know, great guy, all that. And then as the season went on, everybody was kind of like, especially as Philly stumbled with Horford around. Like, I don't think Horford's the problem there by any means. But I think for Celtics fans, I think that they took a little bit of pleasure in watching that happen. And then, you know, Tatum dunking on him. I I think that that was, uh, I think Celtics fans enjoyed that quite a bit. I think any highlight in the Celtics-Sixers rivalry, Celtics fans just like savor a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, it takes on a little extra. Exactly, like if Al Horford decided to sign with like, I don't know, the Phoenix Suns and Tatum did this, it wouldn't be the same thing. For sure, it would still be kind of, it would still be a big moment, but it like really escalated it. Right. It really ratcheted it up, for sure. So then that brings us to number one, I believe, on both of our lists. Yes. Because uh, number two on your list was the, the ankle breaker. Mm-hmm. Um, number one on both of our lists, Jalen Brown dunking on LeBron James in the Celtics' huge win over the Los Angeles Lakers on January 20. Uh, Nicole, why was that number one on your list? I mean, one is just like dunking on LeBron, I feel like for any player sort of just means a little bit more. And Jalen admitted that after the game. He was like, yeah, I wanted to do that heading into the game. And Jalen has been known to have these, to borrow a term from our friend Sam Packard, homicidal dunks, where he just like (laughs) goes at the rim. Yeah. Um, And so this was just great. I mean, Celtics Lakers, Celtics just blew out the Lakers too in this game so just all around good for the player good for the team hard to argue against it yeah for sure and you know it was it was funny afterward too like Jason Tatum who also has a really nice dunk on LeBron uh was asked uh, about whether he had a whether his dunk was better than uh than Jalen's Tatum thought that his was a lot better uh or not a lot better he said I'm gonna say mine when he was asked and uh (laughs) Jalen agreed with him uh he did it in the playoffs so Take that for what it is. But I, and I mean, I would, the other thing I will say too is that this wasn't Jalen's best dunk of all time, it, like in terms of aesthetics, at least. Like he kind of mm-hmm. he went up with both hands. I wouldn't say that he like put any like oomph behind it or anything like that. It was just kind of like a going up. But anytime, like you said, anytime you dunk on LeBron and especially LeBron in a Lakers uniform and especially in the middle of a blowout win, I think the, you know, for the Celtics, for Celtics fans, that's going to just carry a lot of extra weight behind it. And you could tell he was feeling it. Like, he hung on the rim for a little bit extra, got teed up. Got like, a technical. Yeah. It, was, it seemed like a good moment. Yeah, for sure. So those are our lists. Uh, Nicole, do you want to recap yours real quick? I already closed all the windows, but let me see if I can do it <laughs> off the top of my head. All right, all right. So, so mine was smart blocking Jared Allen at number five. Which we Tatum, agreed on. Yep. Tatum crossing over Paul George at number four. Tatum hitting the game winner at number three. Tatum dunking on Al Horford at number two and Jalen dunking on LeBron at number one. So you guys can go check those out if you're interested. Um, we definitely appreciate you guys listening. I'm, I'm going to have a story up on Mass Live that will actually have all the links in it. So you can go check that out at masslive.com Celtics. Um, give Nicole a follow if you don't. 
at Nicole C. Yang. She has now tweeted about the podcast two times. So great follow, in my opinion. You can follow me at Tom underscore NBA. We will be back on Monday. We should have a cool interview for you guys. So we will talk to you soon.